Uh, wow. <clears throat> uh, good morning. Good morning, Eastview Christian Church family. It's so good to be with you all this morning. My name is Zach. I have the privilege of being the high school pastor here and also the privilege of coming to speak to you guys uh, today. As most of you probably know, uh, today is a big day in America. It is a day where we're going to gather together to eat a lot of food that's not great for our, our digestive systems. Uh, it's a day where we're probably going to hang out with friends and family and play games and, and probably watch uh, some commercials that seem to progressively get worse and unimaginative. Um, and notice how I didn't even mention the football game, because I'm pretty sure half of us probably don't even care anymore about who's playing the football game. Maybe more of us are concerned with how long the national anthem is going to be this year. Um, but I wanted to have a little fun today with the Super Bowl. As you guys know, we've, we've been in the profits for a little while. And in honor of that, I thought it might be fun to kind of look at the biblical prophets and see maybe they have a word for us today as to who might win the Super Bowl today. Okay, and, and so what I decided to do is I decided to go searching through the prophets who might win today. And in case you didn't know, uh, today's game is between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, and so I started and I looked up, okay, where in the prophets does it say chiefs? And the first one I landed on was really a good start. Uh, our friend Isaiah in chapter 32, verse 1 says, See, a king will be ruling in righteousness and chiefs will make right decisions. So I'm like, okay, sounds like the chiefs are going to make a lot of good play calling today, going to make some good decisions. Things are looking good. So I was like, okay, things are looking good for the chiefs. How about the eagles? Well, uh, not so much to start. Our friend Obadiah, spelled with an E, I guess, right here, uh, says, Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, <laughs> declares the Lord. Uh, perhaps the Lord is not on their side, and that's just like, that's a tough one for me. The Lord's not on your side. I don't know if you've got much of a chance. So I'm like, okay, there, there it is. It's settled Things are doing great for the Chiefs. It looks like the Chiefs are going to win. But then I kept going in the prophets, and things started to take a weird turn for the Chiefs. Our friend Jeremiah says, There will be no way of flight for the keepers of the sheep, no road for the chiefs of the flock to get away safely. I'm like, uh-oh, is there, is there a comeback brewing perhaps here? This, I'm like, this can't be. It seemed to be the Chiefs' day. They were making all the right decisions. And, and, and so I had to keep reading, but the next verse, this was the killer for me, for the chiefs. Very next verse in Jeremiah says, a sound of the cry of the keepers of sheep and the bitter crying of the chiefs of the flock, for the Lord has made waste their green fields. <laughs> Man, chiefs, bitter crying, doesn't look good. And now we're talking about the waste of green fields. Obviously, Jeremiah's talking about the football field. <sighs> not good. But I'm like, okay, but does this mean the Eagles won it? That the Lord was going to bring them down? What does this mean? And, and then it hit me, guys. You're, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. Do you know what we're preaching on today? Do you know what the passage is? This is a verse from our passage today. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. <laughs> I, I guess this means... The Eagles win, and let me tell you, I think their running game is going to be pretty strong today. 
What I'm going to chalk this up to is a present day, the Lord deals with the eagles like he did with his people in exile. I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to punish you, but I'm eventually going to make you victorious. Okay. And that's what he's doing with the eagles. So anyway, that was fun. It was a joke. Okay. I'm pretty sure God does not care about the outcome of a football game in 2023. In fact, I'm pretty sure because I had to do some real digging to find a translation of the Bible that used the word chiefs. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, usually it's the word shepherd in our Bible today, but our passage today really is in Isaiah chapter 40, which is where I'm going to have you guys turn today and where we're going to be. Today, we're beginning a nine-week series talking about hope. And this is going to lead us all the way up to our event in history that honestly gives us the most hope in the resurrection of Jesus and his victorious day on Easter Sunday. And we live in what often feels like a hopeless world, right? Everywhere you look, it seems like the more and more things you can be discouraged by. And in everyday news cycle, you see this if you're watching on social media, you're watching online, even in our personal lives, things may seem a little hopeless. And, and maybe for some of us, things are going really well one day, and then all of a sudden things come crashing back to the ground and we're picking up the broken pieces of a broken life again. So my question for everyone in here and, and watching online is, are you in need of hope today? And, and maybe another question for you is, do you know someone who is in need of hope? Because trust me, I, I believe this is a great series as we talk about Love McLean County to invite your three to. People that need hope, everyone needs hope. And today we're gonna kick off our series with a message of hope for those who are tired. And my question for us today is, are you tired? Do you come in today? Are you watching online and you're weary from a broken life, a difficult life circumstance, a hardship you're going through right now? Maybe it's exhausted from the grind of living every day right now. And I wanna tell you that there's good news for you today. There's hope for our weary souls. So Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 28. Isaiah says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Let me pray. God, today, um, today we want you to do a miracle I know in this room and watching online, uh, there's a lot of weary souls. And a lot of souls have been searching for strength that maybe has been hard to find. And I, I pray today is the day they find it, that we find strength in your son, Jesus, that there's hope for the hopeless today, for those that are tired and weary and burdened. God, would you speak to your people today? Would you lift up the name of Jesus so that he could get the glory today? And I just pray your will would be done. 
and pray all these things in your name. Amen. So this message comes from the prophet Isaiah, and most scholars would assume this, this chapter, when Isaiah is writing here, is during the time of the Babylonian exile, think 6th century B.C., and actually, we, we just got done with our series, Fearless in Babylon, where we've been talking about what it looked like to live in Babylon. So it's the same kind of context here as Isaiah's talking to God's people in Babylon. And these people, they're weary. They're weary. They've been overthrown. The comfort of living in their home is gone. They're thrust into the captivity. And they really have little hope of ever going back to what was, of ever really seeing an end to this. In the midst of the weariness, Isaiah provides this prophecy of hope to remind the people of God not to forget what the nature of their God is. And so Isaiah starts out with some rhetorical questions. Don't, don't you know? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Or, or in other words, you've known this. You've heard this. Have you forgotten? And he gives these incredible descriptions of the Lord in verse 28. He says, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. These powerful things about God that don't compare to anything else around them. So I'm gonna start today, if you're in here today and you need hope for when you're tired, here's one reason you can have hope. There's hope for when you're tired because God's strength is unmatched. It doesn't compare. It's this power that God has that he exercises throughout scripture. You see, the people of God, they're living in a pagan culture. And so they're surrounded by the worship of hundreds and thousands of idols and other gods. And it's very easy when all of these things are around you to get lost in the idolatry of Babylon. And the thing is, when you get lost in the idolatry of Babylon, when you start hurting, when you need strength, you start going to the idols of Babylon for help. And Isaiah's reminding them, hey, guys, I know you're weary. I know you're worn down from this punishment, from this broken world, but have hope here. Your God is greater than these things. He's greater than this. And he, he starts with, he's the everlasting God and creator of the ends of the earth. Our, our God is an everlasting creator. If you go back a little bit to verse 18 of chapter 40, Isaiah says, to whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A craftsman casts that, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts it for silver chains. Basically, Isaiah is saying, no wonder you guys are tired. You're going to idols that are made by a human being. <laughs> human beings that get tired. Meanwhile, you have a God that has existed from the beginning of time, will exist for eternity, and is creator both of the earth and the human that made that idol but yet you're going to the idols, you're going to the other gods for strengths. You're not gonna find that there. You see, if you seek the idols of the world for rest, instead of the one that actually created rest, you won't be more rested, you'll be more tired. If you go to the idols of the world for rest instead of our God, you won't be more rested, you'll be more tired. My question, when you guys are tired, think about this, what do you go to for rest? Is it sitting down on your couch and binge watching Netflix for hours on end? Is it sitting down and scrolling your phone? Is it running to substances to try and feel a little better? I mean, are, are, are you more rested scrolling your phone for 30 minutes or spending 30 minutes with the Lord? And if you don't know the answer to that question, 
Or maybe you think it's the 30 minutes scrolling your phone, then my guess is you're not spending a lot of time with the Lord. (laughs) Because that's the restful thing. When we spend time with the creator, we find rest. It's not, he's not just the everlasting creator, though. He also doesn't faint or grow weary. Actually, back in Babylon, it was actually a common understanding that the gods got tired. <laughs> that the gods, when they went off to war and fought or they did a big work, they had to rest. And so the people of God, or the people back in Babylon couldn't go to the gods because uh, the gods might be taking a nap right now. They're a little worn out. Isaiah reminds the people, not your God, not yours. Some might say, well, well, wait a minute, didn't God rest on the seventh day when he created the world? Well, he did, but not because he needed to. Because he was showing us Sabbath rest. And, and John Mark Comer actually talks about what Sabbath looks like. And Sabbath is both rest and it's worship. And, and there's a lot of things that we do today, maybe in the idolatry of the world, that seem really restful, but they aren't worshipful. And that's not the real rest we're looking for. To rest in God means to really gain strength because God doesn't get tired. God doesn't grow weary. Would you not want to rest in the one that has an endless supply of strength and power for you instead of the things that need to be recharged too? I hate to break it to you. You got to plug in your phone all the time. It's got to be recharged. But God has an endless supply. And then the third thing, that Isaiah says about God is that his understanding is unsearchable. If you go back a little bit further to verse 13 and 14 in chapter 40, Isaiah says, Who's, who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? In other words, no one showed God these things. God didn't need that. He already had it. God's understanding is everything. He's sovereign over everything and our our brains cannot fathom that. And Isaiah is trying to remind God's people, hey, if you're worn out by the unknown of not knowing when this is going to end, remember that God sees the big picture here. His understanding is unsearchable. Wouldn't you want a God that understands all instead of yet another, ah, we'll see if this God helps. We'll see if this idol helps. We'll see if this thing on my phone helps me relax. We'll see if this show helps me relax. God's strength is unmatched. It doesn't compare. God's strength does not compare to anything else we will go to to find strength today. If you want hope for your weariness, why not find it in the one that exercises complete authoritative power? So the question is, why don't we? Why don't we go to the Lord all the time for strength in these moments when his power isn't matched? Well, I think it's partly why Isaiah has to defend the Lord here and explain who God is again. Because to be cast aside, to be thrown into exile, to be weary from punishment would probably lead to resentment to the Lord. Some resentment or lack of trust. Well, God doesn't care anymore. God's not with us anymore. We're on our own now. God's against us. So why go, to the God? Why go to God for strength? And, and to be fair, we might often do this in our series where we are the most weary, we are the most tired. It can easily become a moment where we are resentful or we lack trust in God. God, you don't, you don't care, do you? Or God, are you even there? God, can you even help me in this? These are the, the things we might feel in our weariness sometimes. 
But Isaiah's defense here, Isaiah's descriptions of who God is has to draw us to this conclusion that our present difficulties can't be attributed to God's weakness, neglect, injustice, or misunderstanding. That's not who God is because he's he's the everlasting creator. He doesn't grow weary and his understanding is unsearchable. So if God is not failing here, it must be the failure of a broken, sinful world as to why we are weary. Our weariness can be because of the very nature of a broken world means difficult circumstances all the time. It could mean that really the consequences of our sin or someone else's sin can lead to really weary times. Or the fact that we're sitting and not understanding what God's plan is, what God's big picture is, and it's weary to sit in the unknown. But it's not because God doesn't have a plan and perhaps we need to hear that today. We are weary because we live in a broken, sinful world. Think about it. Money is limited. Teenagers rebel. Parents get divorced. Anxiety and depression is real. People get sick. You name it. It's a broken world. And and a word for those in here today, because I know a lot of weariness comes with raising a family. I don't know the extent of that yet but I know there are a lot of weary parents probably in the room right now. And I just wanna encourage you that we've kind of relaunched our family wall here at ECU and it's right outside the worship center here. And we have some resources for you today if you're weary today on raising kids in different stages of life. And we have each stage of life and you know what, what God might want for them at each stage. So I would encourage you to check that out. But church, our weary lives, I, I wanna just stress this today. Our weary lives are not because God is weak, because he neglects us, because he's unjust, or he doesn't understand. You see, God is not too great to care. He's too great to fail. He's not too great to care for the burdens and the weary lives that you're living right now. He's too great to fail at providing you strength today. God cares about the frailty of his people. He he sees the weariness. He sees the brokenness. He's not out of the loop on those things. And in fact, Isaiah is going to share it here. God provides an antidote for you today if you are weary and you are tired. The second thing is there's hope for when you're tired because God doesn't just keep this strength to himself. He shares it. He shares it with you. It's not just power that's exercised by God. It's it's power that is imparted on his people. Verse 29 says, he gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. Here's the crazy thing about our God. He loves to share his strength. He loves to give it to his people. He doesn't keep it for himself. He, he, he shares it. He imparts it on us. You see, God is not absent. He's not unavailable. He's not unwilling to help. What we have to do is we have to understand and recognize that everything is falling under the authority of God's plan. And this God freely and abundantly gives his strength to those who need it during difficult times. God freely and abundantly gives us strength when we need it. But I think it's important to understand who Isaiah is talking about here and who gets this kind of strength. If you look at this here, who does God give strength to? In verse 29, he gives power to who? The faints. Who does he increase the strength of? Those who have no might. 
Guys, who does the Lord impart his strength upon? He imparts his strength upon those that are weak, which tells me that there has to be a humble response here in seeking the strength of the Lord. We have to recognize and trust that in our weakness, God provides strength. And that is totally counterintuitive to a culture we live in, right? Are are you weak? Well, Well, get stronger, get tougher. You've got this in you, push through. Right? Are, are you feeling tired today? Well, here's step by step what you can do to fix that situation. My God says, no, you, you can't do this on your own. But here's what I can do for you. You actually have to give up any extra power you are holding on to with our God. And, 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 and the cool thing is with that, the implication that we have with that is that mine and your restoration is not dependent on how I do at my job how I'm doing with my family, how I'm doing with my marriage, it's completely dependent on God's nature. God's nature to give strength to those that are weak. And the cool thing is that it's through my weakness that God's glory is gonna be displayed. Guys, there's hope for you today. If you're feeling weak today and weary, there's really good hope for you because not only can you get strength from the Lord, But God can get real glory out of this, real glory out of this season. And maybe we need that hope today. You see, God's criteria for strength isn't youth, isn't how strong you are. It's how much you trust in him. That's God saying, that's a strong person, is because that person trusts me wholeheartedly. I know that because I think about the story in Matthew of the Roman centurion, The Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, my servant is sick, he's dying, I need you to heal him. And and, and Jesus says, okay, I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. And then Matthew 8, verse 8 through 10 says, but the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not even worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. You guys wanna know what impresses Jesus the most? It's when you completely submit to the authority of God and trust him to get you through. That's strong, that's impressive to say in my weariness and my brokenness, I am gonna completely rely and trust that God's got me. And God proves over and over and over and over again, he blesses those who trust in him. He blesses. That's right, you can clap for that. Even in difficult times, God over and over blesses those who trust in him. So what does this strength do? Okay, this strength maybe is cool, you can get this, but why is it compelling? What does this strength do? Is it worth going to the Lord for this strength? Well, let's, let's read verse 31 and see what this strength does for us. It says, but those who wait for the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary and they'll walk and not faint. See, there's hope for you today There's hope for when you're tired because God's strength renews us. 
it renews us. This is not just power that God has exercised to show he's unmatched in everything and that we can go to him. It's not just this power that's imparted on his people and shared with you today for when you're weary, but this power also transforms you. It changes you. It gives you fresh strength you didn't even think possible. So how do we find this kind of renewing strength in the midst of our weariness? How do we get this kind of strength? And this might not be the thing you wanted to hear today, but it's what we find in scripture. If you want this kind of strength, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord for his strength. And here's the thing, to wait on the Lord means that I have to remain faithful to God in the midst of a weary trial. It means I need to trust that God's plan is working itself out, even if it's not how I thought it would go. That's not easy. That's not easy. Because like the people of God, possibly Isaiah's talking about here, he's seeing the people of God pull away from God when things get tiresome and weary. To start to resent, to start to lack trust, to start to pull away. Waiting on the Lord means leaning in. I'm not gonna pull away from God. I'm gonna lean in on him. I'm, I'm not gonna pull away from my Christ-centered community. I'm not gonna pull away from church. I'm gonna lean in. I'm not gonna pull away from my small group when we're really tired and exhausted and busy. I'm gonna lean in because I need this. And, and guys, this is a primary tactic of the devil. When you get weary, the devil says, better just isolate. Better just isolate. Don't burden anyone else. Figure it out yourself and then go back when you've got time. I just, I don't think that's it. Waiting on the Lord means leaning into everything that God has for you. God's, God's people, when Isaiah's writing here, are probably at the very beginning of their time in Babylon. It's like, oh my goodness, you're weary now? You got a ways to go. How in the world do you find strength with that? Well, Isaiah says, wait, wait patiently. And while doing that, rest in the Lord trustfully. Wait patiently, God's got this. But while you're waiting, lean into him, rest in him trustfully. And church, I, I get it. Waiting is wearisome. When I, when I ask, are you weary today? My guess is most of you that are weary is because you're waiting. You're waiting on something. Waiting on a good diagnosis. You're waiting for a spouse. You're waiting on that job or a job. You're waiting on freedom from that addiction. You're waiting for what's next. And even if you're not waiting for any of those things, all right, we all live in Illinois, we're, we're waiting for warm weather. All right, and don't get fooled today when it's 50 degrees out. You know it's like this, this little fake warm weather and then it gets cold again. But waiting is wearisome. I, I think about my wife, Ratasha and I, we, we've been in some weary seasons, waiting on things that, we think, man, this seems really good for God's kingdom. This seems really good. But yet, it's, it's a not yet. 
and it's weary. And it's why Isaiah at the beginning of this passage, I think has to defend the nature of their God, has to remind them who God is because in order to wait and trust, it needs to be someone worth waiting for. And church, our God is worth waiting for. He's worth waiting for. He's worth waiting on because he's proven himself over and over again throughout history that there is finality to your brokenness. It doesn't last forever. He promises that there is an end, that God's plan for redemption is going to happen. You're not gonna wait forever. It just might be a little longer than you thought. What's interesting is the same verbiage used here with mounting up on wings like eagles is the same verbiage God uses with Moses on Mount Sinai after he's just freed God's people from Egypt. And God tells Moses, hey, I bore you on eagle's wings and I brought you to myself. (laughs) There's a consistent theme with God that when we go through weary times, he bores us on eagle's wings and he brings us close and he rescues us. And this hope we have is based on all of these things that God has done in the past. So yes, it makes sense that I can trust God with what is gonna happen in the future. And here's the thing, I know no better example, no better example than this redemption, this finality that we find than in the person of Jesus. Which is why I wanna point to Jesus at the very end of this sermon. Because the second way that we're talking about here, that we find strength in our weariness is not just waiting on the Lord, but change your clothes. <laughs> okay, I get it. That, that sounds really random all of a sudden. What in the world? <laughs> change your clothes. Where did that come from? It's not out of left field, I promise. Because as we look at this renewing strength in verse 31, you will find that the same word used for renew in this passage is the same word used for changing your clothes throughout the Old Testament. As we look at this idea of renew, basically imagine that you're in dirty, gross workout gear and you get home and you've got to change out of those clothes into fresh new clothes. This is the kind of renewing strength that we're talking about here. That you get this fresh strength, new strength all the time. Here is God's promise to you as a Christ follower. God's promise to you is if you wait on him, if you trust in him in the weariness, if you lean in instead of pull away and you rest in him when you're exhausted, when you're beaten down, when you're broken, he promises, I will give you fresh strength every day. Strength that you didn't think you could have. Every morning when you wake up, you can ask God, would you give me strength today? And he promises, I will give you it. If you would just trust and lean into me. It's a picture of changing your clothes. Fresh strength every day. There's another picture I wanna point us to with this idea of changing your clothes. It's Revelation 3, verse five. It says, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. And I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Church, I I, I find no greater picture of changing our clothes than when our clothes are eventually gonna be changed to white. I find no greater source of strength 
when I understand that one day I'm gonna be standing before the throne of God and I'm gonna be completely cleansed? What is my greatest hope in my weariness? What should be your greatest hope in your weariness? <laughs> it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's why we speak the name of Jesus over you. In my complete brokenness, he changed my clothes. He washed me white. And that, as I wait on him, Jesus is making me new every single day, giving me the strength to overcome because Jesus already has. Here's my preacher's plea to those here or watching online. Can I offer you the best hope that you're going to hear? There is a God who cares about you, who sent his son to die for you, so that you don't have to keep searching for hope and for strength anywhere else. And here's the thing, I promise you, if you aren't running to Jesus and you are running to other things, I promise you those things that you are running to for strength when you're tired are not gonna make you more rested, more at peace. They're just gonna make you more tired and exhausted and weary. If you want hope today, I wanna invite you to try Jesus to try Jesus. Jesus promises rest for your weariness and for your brokenness. And so if you're in here today, don't leave today without talking to someone, maybe in the family room to say, I, I, I want this kind of strength. And if you're in here today or you're watching online, just text hello and say, I, I want this kind of strength. I want this Jesus. I promise you it's the best decision you will ever make. And for those in here today that have made the best decision you will ever make, you know Jesus, you know his strength. I'm gonna encourage you today, wait for him. Wait on Jesus, lean into Jesus. Don't pull away. Don't pull away from church. Don't pull away from small group. Don't pull away from God. Lean in, rest in him, wait on him. Not the things of this world, in Jesus, in prayer, in your Bible, in your small group, in your church. That will be your greatest hope for rest in this time of burden and weary times. And trust, trust this church. There is strength you didn't even think possible when you lean in and you trust. I wanna close with a passage for everyone today, a Jesus follower or not. There's an invitation for you from Jesus today. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Would you just come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen.